You are listening to the Alouette's Flight Deck, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. All right, folks, we've been clear for takeoff. Welcome to the Alouettes Flight Deck, the podcast dedicated to Montreal Alouettes football. I'm Cliffy D, and you can find me on Twitter at Cliffy D. And I'm Tim Capper. You can also find me on Twitter, but at Repact. That's R-E-P-P-A-C-T. And this episode of the podcast is presented by our good friends over at SportBuff, where, where if you use the promo code FlightDeck-10 at checkout, you will save 10% off all the merchandise on their store. So head over to www.sportbuffshop.com, use 10% at checkout, save some money, and get some great new merch. Mm-hmm. And the Alouette's Flight Deck is all over social media. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at Alouette's FL Deck. Check us out on Instagram at Alouette's Flight Deck. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Alouette's Flight Deck Pod. You can find us on YouTube at youtube.com slash Alouette's Flight Deck. And make sure you check out our merchandise store over at teespring.com slash stores slash Al's Flight Deck. Please support the podcast, shop local, and help help keep this this crazy thing going for us. Exactly. And I'm going to have to at least give a shout out, by the way. And I, I reached out to him before. It was, it was I think we were talking about. We we're talking about ciders and stuff like that, and it's gotten me into a whole other thing. We're going down the rabbit hole cliff, where it's like, if we were, I, I don't know, we've talked about this before. If we were to choose our own flight deck, flight deck, <laughs> no, what is it? What are they called? <laughs> oh, like when you do a, 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 a sampling? Yeah, it's a flight. Okay, there we go. So our own flight deck. If if we were to choose our own flight deck, flight, what would it be? Anyways, so uh, the. Uh, you know, the great team over at CFL Reddit reached out to me and they said, you know what, we want to send you Tim a care package of their cider from, it was somebody who, a company out of Ontario, I think it was, I think it's Hamilton. Or not, it's funny. I don't have my glasses on, so I can't read this. Um, my reading glasses. God, I'm old, Cliff. Um, anyways, uh, Hardway Cider sent me a care, they sent me a care package and I tried one of theirs tonight. Um, it was called uh, Ramboozle, Ramboozle with Raspberry, and it's uh, part of their Bone Dry Cider. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad at all. So uh, we have some others that will tr- that I will try, you know, in coming shows and stuff like that, give you the updates. But uh, uh, thanks again for the care package. Greatly appreciated. You know, I am I I consider myself a no boats connoisseur, as you know, Cliff. <laughs> <laughs> but mm-hmm. I've, I've actually gone outside of my comfort zone when it comes to trying other stuff. So thanks thanks again, guys, for uh, uh, for sending it out to me. And uh, I'll let you guys know what I think. There you go. If, you, if, you, if you're a cider company out there and you need that review, you need that, that positive inf- enforcement, just hit up Old Capper. He's yeah, got you. Exactly. Kingston. Kingston, Ontario. There we go. Ah, okay, okay. Kingston, Ontario. Hardway Cider Company. Uh, last two shows, two, two big announcements. Um this one really came out of left field. Um, I, I don't think it, we knew that with the hiring of PKP that there was talk of they needed to hire another president. Obviously, with the fact with Mario Giacchini going over and becoming the uh, the commissioner of the Q. Um, it was just a matter of who and when, right, Cliff? Well, 
obviously would have to get it done before football season got underway. I mean, yes, with uh, Pierre-Carl Pelodeau as the owner now, he is the lead governor and he is going to be overseeing a lot of the day-to-day operations with the Alouettes, but you still need a good, solid president as your your right-hand man, if you will. So he knew he had to hit a home run. I had talked about this last, last show and that whoever he hired, it had to be a home run. And, well, we found out uh, this week who the new president of the Alouettes was. And dare I say, Tim, I think that home run was hit. I do, too. And I think what's very funny is that we actually spoke with this gentleman just recently on the pod. Uh, I think it was last year. episode Was it episode 32? Um, where we talked to him about his ex- when it came to him and the uh, infamous U2 game. Uh, he was also a part of our first season broadcast. I think it, that was episode six, I think. Um, but either way, bringing back the Owls brought back Mark Waitman as our new president and CEO. And as I said a couple times on social, did not have him on my bingo card as one of the names expected to, to come and be our new president at all. No, I mean, when we last spoke with Mark, he was seems like he was quite happy running things with the uh, Lions uh, de Trois-Rivières. Uh, that's the ECHL franchise for the Montreal Canadiens. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Doing pretty well with that. And it's interesting. I, I do find it kind of interesting, though, that the Alouettes have had a couple of these, like, Alouette theme nights for the the Lions, or Lyon, as they're probably known in Trois-Rivières. Mm-hmm. And just, there seems to be that connection of, like, Trois-Rivières and the Alouettes that just doesn't seem to want to go away. And seeing as how Mark Waitman was the president and CEO, if you will, of the ECHL team in Trois-Rivières, He's, he was just getting reacquainted with the Alouettes in, in some way, shape, or form. Like It just seemed like it was kind of surrounding him. So maybe we should have, in hindsight, it made totals. Like I, I can't help but wonder, between that and the interview we did with him last year, I wonder if that's what really stoked the fire as far as maybe, maybe it's time to come back home, so to speak. Maybe it's time to come back to the Alouettes. And if the right opportunity came along, maybe I should take it. And lo and behold, with PKP running the show now, I mean, this to me is a great idea. I mean, who who knows this team as a winner better than Mark Waitman? I mean, he's he's seen this team through all kinds of things, really. Ever since the Alouettes came back in '96, like he's been a part of that for so long that you you have to believe that okay, he pretty much knows what he's doing when it comes to presidential duties as well as the day to day operations of this team and helping to see it grow and become a successful entity. To me, I think this hire makes all all the sense. Oh, I, I completely agree with you. And, and I think what, what people need to remember, too, is that, you know, he has, and that's a, that's a, it's already been, you know, touted in all the stories that have come out even by, you know, from the Alouettes and, and local media, is that, you know, he's, again, he started with the team in, in 96. He was the, uh, it was the president of the Alouettes uh, back in, uh, from 20, uh, from 2013 to 2016. Um, he's, he's done everything. He was even the unofficial president from May, 2012 to 2013 mm-hmm. when the owls didn't have one. So it, it, it worked. I, the dudes, he knows this team. He knows the city. He knows what uh, it's, it, you know, people were wondering, you know, who was going to replace Mario Ciccini as president and CEO mm-hmm. because they were not, weren't able to obviously retain him or try to retain him because of what's happening with him becoming the new commissioner of the queue. Um, uh, there's no other better gentleman to 
come back to the Alouettes. And, and that's something you really, really rarely hear in, I think, in, in pro spo- sports period, Cliff. You know, you'll have your coaches go from team to team to team, right? Mm-hmm. But very rarely do you have a person come back in a, you know, in a higher position within an organization, within an executive position to come back and be mm-hmm. that same position that he was when he left the team. Well, and typically when it comes to uh, when, it, when a like a president or general manager moves on, if they come back, it's either a really good thing or a really bad thing. And like, thankfully, in this instance, I think it's a good thing because, as we've discussed, Mark Waitman knows his team up and down, in and out, and can only, as far as I'm concerned, can only do good things with this organization. Uh, typically, when you see a, a president leave an organization, unless it's to go be president elsewhere or some other high-ranking official, I mean, typically, like a lot of people just would see going back as like a a lateral move or maybe even taking a step back instead of going forward. So it's, it's always kind of a weird thing because you just don't know if it's going to work or not. But I think in this this instance, it's the case of someone who knows this franchise, knows the city, knows the league when you think about it. And as far as I'm concerned, like, I mean, you couldn't do much better than to hire a, a Mark Waitman. And as you said, we didn't even think about it because we just assumed that he was happy doing his thing in the ECHL, and uh, I think he's also been a part of the Montreal Alliance basketball team as well. So I mean, like he's, it just felt like okay, maybe he just maybe he's moved on from the whole Alouettes perspective. Mm-hmm. But lo and behold, no, no, he has not. So he's now he's back in the fold and back with the support of billionaire Pierre and working with Danny Machocha, working with Jason Moss. Like now, to me, it's going to be so tough to replace. It was going to be really, really, really tough to replace Mario Ciccini and everything he's done over the past three years. But if anyone can do it and do it successfully, I, I, I'm hard-pressed to think of anyone who could do a better job than, than Mark Waitman, quite frankly. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, I was you – know, I can't speak for the other CFL teams. I, I did reach out to to Steve Daniel, you know, CFL guru, uh, to try to find, find out some more information. But I was doing some some research myself on the Owls because I knew once I heard once I heard Mark was coming back, I knew he was joining a an illustrious uh, club. Um, but I actually found out that it's a threesome in this club. Um, so when Mark was hired, he actually became the third president in team history in Alouette's team history. To hold a second non-consecutive term, uh, the others were for the aforementioned, uh, I think, Larry Smith and then Leo Dandurand back in the uh, back in the fi- back in the uh, mid to late fifties. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a it's very rare, but it's it's funny. It's occurred three t- <laughs> three times in Alowitz history. And so. listen, you you think about those names that you just mentioned, and again, I'm I'm not saying that there's pressure on Mark Waitman to do well. I think people just assume he's going to do well because that's pretty much what he's done his entire professional career. Mm-hmm. Everything he touches for the most part seems to turn to gold. Yeah. I, I think it just gives that sort of reassurance that, okay, you've hired the right people to do the job. And if billionaire Pierre is serious about, as he said, hiring people that know this city, that know this team, that know this league and letting them do their thing, that to me, like that, that's huge as far as I'm concerned. That's that's what you should want to hear as a, a fan or a supporter of the Alouettes is that the right people are being put in place to do their job and do whatever it takes to make sure that this franchise is a winner on and off the field. So mm-hmm. to me, I said it before and I'll say it again. As far as hires go, this was 
100% a home run. Oh, yeah, yeah. And people need to remember, too, if you haven't heard the, the interviews recently, Mario Ticini will officially be stepping down as the uh, as the interim president of the Alouettes um, on April 4th, I think it is. I think it's the day before Good Friday. I'm checking my, my calendar here. Um, it will be, yeah, uh, the 6th. He'll be stepping down the 6th. And coming back, Mark will be taking over officially on the 11th. So that's Tuesday, the uh, April 11th. So if Daddy Machocha is going to steal the uh, the president's office, he better do it on uh, Easter weekend. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, he better move in Easter weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'd like to know what what you know, what what type of office. How often is Danny in his office? You know. Or when did, well, I mean, the way he does his work. I mean, when does he actually leave his office? Mm, would be a better that's, question. That's that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> so I think one of the first things now. You know, because the Alouettes did announce something which may have already been the works. We'll talk about that in a little bit. It's just a, a really a minor announcement, but still it was something to do with the community. What what does Mark need to do now? What's the first thing that needs to be done? I mean, they, we, they've already announced some things for the opener, which we'll get to in a minute, because that was a pretty big, pretty big, pretty big deal. But what, obviously with training camp coming up, we know it's going to be in Trois-Rivières. What does Mark need to do first? Does he try to continue with some of the ideas that were being floated around when Mario was around. Uh, are they going to invite people to, ha- to you know, like some of the teams did last year and be in the war room for the draft, for the CFL draft? Hmm. Um, what, you know, it's, I'm sure that there's going to be a lot on this plate. There may have been some things that were, that were already in the works again, again, with, with, with Mario being what he's been doing. And I'm sure, you know, working as hard as he is before he leaves. Mm-hmm. But what what do you think that Mark needs to do first? I think what helps, especially with Mario Ciccini coming in as interim president and making sure that things were staying the course, I want to believe that things are okay right now. At least the the off the field stuff is okay enough that it should be a smooth transition. I I really want to believe that Mario would take Mark under his wing, so to speak, and say, listen, this is what I've been doing. This is what I've been working on. This is what I would like us to be doing. Quite frankly, I think this would. I think if you were to do that, and Mark Waitman, you know, is a very intelligent person. He's gonna. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's gonna come in and still think it's 2013 when he was last here, or 2016, or whatever it was. He was last a member of the Alouettes, and think he can still run things like it was back then, because a lot has changed in that time period, not just with the Alouettes, but with the Canadian Football League it, overall. So. He's going to have to get up to speed, essentially. And I think Mario will definitely do that as part of the transition process. And in which case, I think that would be a very wise move on Waitman's part would be to basically just continue the path that Mario Ciccini was starting to go down, whether it was in his first reign as president or his interim reign the second time around. Regardless of what Mario had sort of in mind for this team, I have to believe it would be along the same wavelengths as to what Mark Waitman would like to do. Or maybe Waitman could even take some of those ideas and maybe that would be the he, – he could give his own personal push to it to ensure that it gets done. So I honestly think at, at, at this venture, as he gets reestablished in the role that he had before, I, I think the best thing for Mark Waitman to do would be to basically take whatever Mario Ciccini had in mind as far as what he would have liked to have seen for the 2023 CFL season and just – Keep that going, like keep keep a role in it, so to so to speak. I think to me that's that's the way that it should be. And then in time, as he gets comfortable again, 
I definitely see Mark Waitman being able to implement his own ideas, his own strategies, as well as working hand in hand with billionaire Pierre as far as how he wants this franchise represented across the Canadian Football League. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, we are 45-ish days away from training camp starting. Um, I'm curious to see him to be able to put his spin on training camp. You know, it's not something I'll be the first to say that I did not attend training camp like I've started to do recently. I know, Cliff, you have attended more training camps. I don't remember if you had attended one that was under the leadership of Mark. Um, But I'm curious to see him put his spin on training camp once we get into into three rivers without question i mean the blueprint's been put out there already like you you we saw last year what was able to happen even with the the hiccup of the cfl cflpa labor strike i guess we want to call it that Mm -hmm. labor issues let's put it that way (laughs) despite all that by and large the alouettes had a pretty successful training camp out in trois rivieres and a lot of that was the hard work of Mario Ciccini working hand in hand with the city of Trois Rivières as well as the uh, the seizure out there to ensure that the team was taken care of on and off the field. And truthfully, just keep, as I said, keep that going, keep the that momentum going to it. Again, we know that Mark Whitman's going to put his own spin on things in time, but as far as I'm concerned, like the blueprint to run a successful football team, a team that is good enough to contend for a great cup or come close to contending for a great cup is right there. You just have to sort of follow that path, if you will. So I I, I have to believe that Whiteman's going to take a look at what was happening last year in Trois-Rivières and say, you know what, if this works, keep at it. If it it ain't broke, don't fix it. So Mm -hmm. to me, I I think that would be the the way to go. And I sincerely hope that's how it is because you and I were in Trois-Rivières last year and I think we both came away very happy with how our training camp experience was. And if we can replicate that in 2023 and if the LOS can replicate that same sort of feel and experience for everybody in Trois-Rivières and everybody that's going to be visiting Trois-Rivières over the three weeks or so that training camp is, then to me, that's a win-win. I mean, that that's how you do it. That's how you build and start establishing that successful, that tradition of success, if you will. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. But either way, uh, welcome, 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 welcome back. <laughs> back like he'd never left. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So um, before Mark was hired, though, the uh, Alawitz did make a an announcement, Cliff, which I know you wanted to talk about. And it's one of those ones where I think we sent back a DM to each other or a text to each other with basically the exact same thing where it was like, gee, we didn't see this coming at all. Did, what, what did the Alawitz announce just recently? Well, surprise, surprise, uh, as as you all, fo- as you folks no doubt know, uh, Pierre-Carl Pelado, or billionaire Pierre, Pierre, as I'm calling him, he owns Quebecor, which is a pretty big media company. And a, a part of the uh, company is Videotron, which if you're in Quebec, that's basically one of the top cable providers, if not the top cable provider in Quebec. As it stands now, the Alouettes are partnering with Videotron to help the game day experience helped become a, a major sponsor of Alouette's games. And uh, most notably, the Videotron logo is going to be on Alouette's uniforms this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, a, a jersey a jersey patch with well, a sponsorship is nothing new to the Canadian Football League, but uh, this year now, you're going to be seeing Videotron's logo on 
TSN and RDS Broadcasts, which are, of course, members of Bell Media, who will be <laughs> inadvertently advertising the competition. Yeah, because I think the for those that think remember the Argos, don't the Argos have a Bell Media patch of some sort? I think it's just a Bell patch. Okay, but still, that's that's their sponsor. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Um. Yeah. But too. By the way, it's, it's more than just cable. I mean, uh, Videotron's big. Uh, K- Videotron has started off as the you know as the startup going against everybody else, Bell Media, et cetera, et cetera. You know, the Shaws, the uh, the Teleses, et cetera, and they've grown into um, this huge conglomerate when it comes to to uh, to television. And we can't forget mobile either because. If you have if you have a, a mobile you know a, a mobile company that's that's able to spin off like they have, I would not be surprised, Cliff. Would not be surprised if we end up seeing somewhere, whether it be on one of the ads on the field or 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 maybe on the uh, uh, on the the goalpost um, padding, an ad for Fizz Mobile. Who knows? Who knows? Could be. Could be. That's that's the thing. Like, no, I, I fully expect now when we get into that first game at personal Molson stadium, we're probably going to see a lot of videotron logos, uh, a lot of as much advertising as possible for Quebec and for, for videotron because well, their owner is the Alouette's owner. So yeah, he's going to, he's going to promote his side hustles uh, like any smart business person oh, yeah. would do. Oh yeah. Now, does it surprise you at all? Cause again, you and I weren't surprised in any way, shape or form when we saw the announcement. Um, are you surprised that it was Videotron and it was uh, rather than Quebecor? I think Videotron would be the way to sort of advertise Quebecor. It, and, and kind of a shade at Bell Media, even though there there's partners, obviously the you know giant television contract, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, why not TVO well, Sports? You know, you know what I mean. You understand what I'm saying? Well, TVO Sports, I think. I think that it's that's kind of dicey. Like as far as <laughs> could they could they sneak it in there? Maybe, but uh, oh, I can. I'm just waiting for just, the virtual ads this year at home. I can only imagine, dude. <laughs> well, just the fact that, as I said, on every CFL broadcast, whether it's on TSN or RDS, again, they are going to be inadvertently every time they show an Alouette's player, they're going to be showing inadvertently an advertisement for the competition. Mm-hmm. Which is hilarious when you think about it. Like, is sort of billionaire Pierre's way of kind of, I won't say sticking it to the man, so to speak, but at least letting people know, hey, there is another option out there, and uh, you know, might be worth considering. He's Especially be- too, as as he's looking to eventually take Videotron nationwide. I mean, this is kind of, I'll say, sort of maybe laying down the foundation, if you will, like just getting people used to the idea of seeing the Videotron logo and possibly thinking about switching over if god forbid videotron does actually make it across canada because at least now you sort of you know it exists you know what they can offer as far as services go might be something to think about so yeah yeah Yeah. i i I have to believe that's part of his strategy part of the idea of using that influence if you will because if you can't get the tv rights for at least another two years two three years this is another way to sort of keep your name on everybody's lips by just even just little things like just like because a lot of people don't necessarily notice the the jersey patch the, the sponsor patches but sooner or later it kind of sinks in oh yeah yeah i, I saw that i saw that logo somewhere and mm-hmm. right 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 i was watching the alouettes game and that, that yeah okay i know what that is i know what that is so so alouette, so alouette fans remember when the uh uh when the year-end uh, survey comes out you know videotron videotron is one of the answers so <laughs> 
<laughs> so so needless to say, them them doing this, and this is really a I don't know how many people are gonna get this reference. But it sounds like with him doing this with them doing this and putting Videotron on there and being and basically basically being a subliminal they're an inception basically on the on the television broadcast that they're the uh uh they're the little girl from Poltergeist. I was going to say Carol Ann, but nobody people would have remembered who the hell Carol Ann was if you know the movie Poltergeist. Uh, Even using Poltergeist, it might be dating yourself. I know, just a I really bit. am. But I think if people know horror and know good horror, then they'll remember the little girl that goes, they're here. <laughs> so, yeah, again, stretch, but I had to try to use some analogy. But anyways, uh, but also besides them having that, they are also going to be the presenting partner, as the other ones do. So they announced one of their first theme nights that they are going to be the uh, the official sponsor for uh, halftime, I guess for the game itself, for the home opener for the Alouettes, which will be uh, uh, in uh, in June. Um, and no details yet, but they keep talking. They're, they're pushing something. They're really pumping up something for whoever this post, uh, uh, sorry, this halftime show is going to be. So who knows? Yeah, I, I- I have to believe they're going to try to get some sort of notorious act, some sort a name that has some sort of infamy, if you will. I mean, I, I know typically the Alouettes have dragged out a lot of, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say no name necessarily, but kind of no name acts before and try to hype them up as something really, really special. And again, if you're if you're local, you kind of know who these people are. But if you're trying to do this on a national stage, which maybe that's the idea as uh, at least trying to take advantage of being on TSN, RDS, and so on as, as a sort of means to advertise yourself, uh, then if you're trying to get uh, some... To me, I think if you're trying to get like some sort of big-name act to play mm-hmm. at halftime for the for the first Alouettes game, I think that'd be huge in the sense that it at least gets people talking. And if you're, if you're looking to make a splash, then it's got to be someone of note. And once again, if Videotron's foot in the bill for this, they can afford to bring in... A halfway decent act. It's, yeah, you're right. Was it's going to be Florida Georgia Line, or half of them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, probably simple plan, quite frankly. Oh, that, oh, that would rock, actually. I know you joke, but that actually, oh, dude, I'd I'd actually stay there for halftime in my seats. You do stay at halftime for your seats, but you know what I mean. I'd seen... actually pay attention. I like simple plan. <laughs> I actually like simple plan. But you know, it, by the way, Cliff and I are not—we're not slighting this thing, this thing with Videotron in any way. It's to me, it's genius. It's genius putting the Videotron logo on the uniforms. It's utter genius. Yeah, like, uh, well, it is. I mean, and you're 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 operating within the parameters of—I uh, don't want to say competition necessarily, but I mean, you are sponsoring a team, so to speak, and. Just because you happen to be competition for the, the the lead broadcaster, I mean that just sometimes that's just the way it works out. So I mean, it's kind of like I said, I, I don't feel like he's doing it to stick it to Bell Media necessarily, but it's just kind of like I said, making your presence felt and just letting people know, hey, we're out here too, and you know, give us a shot. Which again, no, 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 nobody's going to fault a business for kind of going along those lines. And if you can sort of game the system in your your own favor just a little bit. When it comes to something, just to something as simple as like that Videotron logo being broadcast on on your competitor, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, more power to you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I think the the idea of uh, this really unique halftime show. I mean, was it BC Lions last year for their home opener? Didn't they have was it Imagine Dragons or something? 
One Republic. They had a, a very a known name band. I want to say it's either One Republic or Imagine Dragons. One one of those guys. They they played a a concert just before kickoff. Mm-hmm. So I, I to me I think if you're gonna if you're gonna sort of wield this power if you will for your 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 home opener dude which, yeah but dude you saying by the way you saying i told you know, again wasn't on my bingo card but simple plan is that i know i don't know if you're saying it in jest but that that's an amazing idea in itself too well again i mean to me i, I think simple plan is just it's a quebec band mm-hmm. obviously but mm-hmm. one and, that does have notoriety. known Canada-wide, known all over the world. Exactly. So, I mean, like, if you want... Top people are at least hits. Uh, I don't know how many awards that they've won, but still, you know, multi-time platinum records, et cetera, et cetera. And, and listen, if you got them, you, you'd automatically would have beaten last year's Grey Cup Halftime Act mm-hmm. by a long shot. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, to me, that's, that's where the Alouettes, that's where they should be thinking as far. If you're going to make a real spectacle out of the, the, the first halftime, like the halftime of the, the home opener, you got to hit somewhere along those lines. You got, you got to be in that territory, as far as I'm concerned. Bringing out some band that has like local airplay only isn't going to hit. But you bring out like a, a true name act like that, like someone, like, like I said, a, a name that people know of. You say Simple Plan. Whether it's like Victoria, British Columbia, or St. John's, Newfoundland, they know who Simple Plan is. Yeah, and and, and, and they've I, done it right. Simple Plan's done it right, as people who've been following music know. Some of their biggest hits have been not only having the uh, they they did it right. They did and they did a which was yes, basically an English song. But what they did is they also brought in French artists to do another version of the song that really hit it well in Quebec. Hmm? So, oh, we need we need to put Inception. <laughs> That's an amazing idea. I never thought about that. Um, what do you guys think? First of all, what do you think about the new president? What do you think about uh, uh, Videotron being uh, one of the major sponsors for the team in 2023? Hit us up on social media. Uh, you, you can also email us. You can email me at tim.capper at alouettesflightdick.ca or email cliff at, uh, at cliff. Clifford D, uh, Cliffy D. Pine at alouettesflightdeck.ca. Let us know what you think because we're really curious. I mean, are we right? Are we wrong? We just want to know what you guys are thinking about. Um, yeah. If you've got another suggestion of who you think the Alouette should be bringing in that would really move the needle, let us know as well. Or yeah. let us know on socials. Like, And if you're listening on YouTube, just hit us in the comments below. Just uh, however you want to reach out to us, reach out. Let us know what you think. What do you think would be a great halftime act that would really get people talking and get people tuning in to that first Alouettes game in June. Exactly. A um, couple of other things that the Alouettes announced, but I wanted to bring up one thing first, though, Cliff. And I, I didn't mention this to you pre-show because I completely had forgotten about it that I wanted to talk about it. <laughs> so, right. so recently, the band U2, it, it, obviously, it, it's all, it, it encompasses itself here, Cliff. Mm. It all comes around. The band U2 just recently released a, a 40th anniversary um, album, uh, which included 40 songs. They were remakes of these different 40 songs, and they had a, an entire. Um, it's called they're called uh, song, it's called Songs of Surrender. Uh, and what they did is across 40 different cities, they had this huge thing two weeks ago, which I think you may have finally. I don't know. Did I show it to you? Uh, I don't remember if I did it on, on my socials, but anyways, they did these things in each of these 40 cities, they put up different uh, lyrics from these songs. 
and they had a, a geocaching area where you could go in, unlock certain things if you were within, the, within that particular radius, uh, you know, recreate the, the album cover itself, et cetera, et cetera. So what they did, Cliff, is they actually set up their song, uh, Electric Blue, at uh, within the, the tunnel between Eaton Center and PVM. I don't know if you know that video board that's in between those two different malls within the underground city. I don't know if you remember where that is. Oh, gosh, it's been a while, but okay. go on. I, I could probably show you, the, show you the picture. But anyways, I think, and my brother and I were talking about this because my brother's a huge YouTube fan. And I think this is this was an opportunity, considering the history, and yes, U2 has acknowledged the history and, and what they've been and what they've meant to pro football in Montreal. I think they dropped the ball and where they placed this. You know, and they did it so uniquely in different, in different cities uh, from, uh, you know, uh, virtual trucks. Uh, they put it on a car in Paris. Uh, they had a, a pop-up shop, so to speak, where you could s- sit in a a turbant in uh, in Germany. Um, they uh, all things. Why you two did not do this at Percival Molson Stadium is beyond me. Because I think I think I think just drop the ball on this because where it was located and the the, the what I saw of the people that were trying to find where it was located and the people that that interacted with it were so few and far between. I understand there's a huge difference between being in the heart of downtown at PVM and, and in this tunnel between Eaton Center and PVM and Percival Molson Stadium. But to me, it means more. Anyways, what were you going to say? I have to wonder if the people that were putting this on, maybe they just didn't completely understand or grasp just the impact that you 2 had inadvertently or otherwise on the city of Montreal when it comes to football. For you to m- mention this, yeah, like we know about this because we lived through that history, whereas production assistants that were probably born in like the 2000s mm. probably don't have a, a lick of an idea of what's going on in Montreal itself, let alone the impact that you 2 had on the future of Canadian football without even trying. Yeah. I, I, I have to believe that it just kind of, it, it would have been lost on them and to them, it was just a matter of where can we set up that people would know and where people would be mm-hmm, mm-hmm. versus a nod to history, which is unfortunate because yeah, the, the more you talk about this and the more you explain it, it's like yeah, that's a that would have been a prime opportunity. And could you imagine the pub that the Alouettes would have gotten out of that, like the rub to get from U two like yeah. worldwide? Yeah, like people like th- that could have stoked so much interest for the Alouettes and for the CFL in general. Like just to at least get that perspective, knowing what Montreal means to U two and vice versa. Yeah, that. it's unfortunate. I guess not everybody understands or appreciates history. You think somebody on the YouTube side would have hopefully thought of or acknowledged it and, or maybe they just plain forgot, which would be unfortunate, but. And it was just a two day event. So it was just a two day event itself. I can understand. No, it's very, maybe because I, I, one thing I did not do me being an employee of of McGill university, I did not reach out to the, to the athletic department or to the media department for McGill to see if they were contacted. It's one thing maybe I should have done, but Maybe it was maybe it was logistics. Maybe there was no place to actually put this signage. You know, if anybody goes and search searches on Instagram or on Twitter or or I think even on TikTok, if you search for U2 uh, SOS 40, you'll see the locations of what they did in different cities. It was all different. You know, a lot of them were put up like billboards in different places, Cliff. Mm-hmm. So maybe that was the issue. You know, they didn't want to put up a temporary billboard at some place at historical Percival Molson Stadium. I don't know. It's not like you could put you could put it on the 
um, it's not like you could put it on the uh, on the scoreboard on the on the on the uh, video board because the video board's off and there's snow on the field. You know, mm-hmm. there are different places around Personal Molson where they could do it. You know, they they put the the season ticket holders Hall of Fame there during the season. Mm-hmm. Could do it yeah. there. You could do it at the gates at Percival Molson. I, I, I you know, again. Uh, it's just me noticing something, just wanting to bring it up. It was a quirky thing, you know, especially with the tie-in with the team and U2 and stuff like that. But um, And the song. Uh, the song was what it was, but you know what, dude? It would have been so choice if it had been Sunday, Bloody Sunday. If it had been Beautiful Day. You know, you know what I mean? I, those songs went to other cities, but still, you know, I mean, if New York can get uh, the City of Blinding Lights, why can't we get... You know what I mean? <laughs> Anyways, hundred oh, percent. You're you're not wrong at all in, yeah. in this. But uh, again, if someone on the U two side would have had a little bit more forethought, that could have been something. Or heck, even set up at the Big O, which is where they played that infamous concert. But again, to me, with yeah. all honesty, the U two is way out there. And we know with all the construction and stuff that they've been doing, was there something that they could set up in order to do it? Who knows? Who knows? Woulda, coulda, shoulda. That's exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll see if they do something in another 10 years. I don't think so. But anyways, um, the Alouettes had another uh, another announcement today. It was just a uh, they announced their 25th edition of their Together at School program. Um, great to see them out in the community. Obviously, you know, COVID really hurt the community outreach for the Alouettes for obvious reasons. Um, but again, the players will be visiting schools in the greater Montreal area. Uh, to share their experiences and help kids fight against school dropout. So if you want more information, and I would imagine, I think it's supposed to be uh, it's a 15 different uh, 15 different uh, events that they're going to be holding, uh, mm-hmm. six players. Um, it's, you know, for more information, head over to the Alouette's website uh, in English or in French to get more information. And I don't know. I don't know if they have a school listing yet, but I mean, uh, it's very possible that they will in the very near, very near future. Yeah, and I can even tell you who will be participating in these events. Uh, it's pretty much all the Quebec guys and William Stanbeck. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay. So it, it, I'll, I'll give you actual names. Uh, Marc-Antoine Decois, Pierre-Olivier Lestage, Alexandre Gagné, Régis Sibassu, David Cote, and yes, William Stanbeck. I guess I have to have a token a token English guy, so. <laughs> okay, why not? But no, I, hey, listen, I you know props to these guys for... You know, these are all obviously all of these guys, including William Stanbeck, are all a part of Quebec. They're all part of Montreal. And for them to give back to their their hometown, so to speak, speaks volumes to the kind of people they are. And again, if you just go and you just reach that one kid and convince them to stay in school and find find a way to do better for themselves. And if I mean, that's going to be huge to be able to have that kind of impact on somebody and. I'm sure a lot of people would think, well, no way a bunch of football players could have that kind of impact. But you'd be surprised. I mean, when you think about like the the draft that's coming up and the combine that was that had just happened, mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of people, a lot of the the potential players talk about how inspired they were by football, whether it was NFL, CFL, or what have you. But so, there was something in them that made them want to pursue that as a career. And sometimes that's all it takes is just, hey, when I was a kid couple of alouettes came to my school and talked to me about the importance of education and athletics and so on and yeah that motivated me to want to be just like them so you, you never know where the inspiration is going to come from we never know where the next you know 
great doctor or lawyer or even professional football player may come from. And if it just comes – to think that could come from something as simple as just a school visit, I mean, well, sometimes it just takes a, a little thing like that to kind of give you perspective as to what you want to do with the rest of your life. And maybe that's what – that's the thing that does inspire you to be something greater in this world. So – I mean, I, I definitely have seen the success of this program over the years. Uh, I've seen how, how many players have participated and how many schools have been a part of this as well. So it's it's really great to see that it's back, like back back to where it was before, or at least hopefully back to where it was before as far as reaching as many students as possible. And to me, nothing but good. As far as I'm concerned, nothing but good can come from this. So I'm really happy that the Alouettes have taken the initiative to get back to it after you know, COVID is, as you said, had shut down a lot of these events, a lot of these community outreach programs. For them to get be able to get back to doing something like this is, as far as I'm concerned, a very important thing for not just the team itself, but for the community. Exactly. You happen to bring it up. Gonna, we have to at least mention it, uh, dude. Is that uh, you know, just this past week uh, was the uh, uh, the CFL Combine, um, and what we saw of it was cool but there was a a lot to be desired and i know you had a, a little bit to talk about that yeah uh i do because well initially i was hoping to get myself out to edmonton to be able to see the combine because after years of being in toronto they decided the, the league decided that they were going to relocate the combine to edmonton pretty much get everybody out there to be able to show their stuff and not only were they going to go out to Edmonton, but they were expanding the combine to five days worth of events. So that means you know the usual testing plus the usual uh, Inter- skill the skill events and except, yeah 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 plus the one on one drills like all the stuff that you would come to expect. In the past, they managed to cram that into a weekend in Toronto, but they decided they wanted to make five days worth of events out in Edmonton. And I thought, okay, it would have been great if I could have made my way out there to see it. And I was really hoping to, but for reasons, it just didn't work out the way I hoped it would. So I thought, okay, well, no big deal. I'll still tune in and watch it as I normally would. Only problem is, for whatever reasons, the CFL decided, no, we're not doing a live stream. We're not putting this on YouTube. We're not showing anything other than whatever little snippets happen to get recorded, any sort of highlights or what have you's that happened like anything that's really jaw-dropping i guess we'll, we'll post that on our social media but that's that's about the extent of it like no you don't get the only way you were going to see any of the actual events or any of the actual competitions one-on-ones anything like that, you would have had to have been out there in edmonton live watching it and yes media was invited and for whatever reason though uh, nobody would, would have been allowed to broadcast it which makes absolutely no sense like to not put this on well, for not putting on TV, I can understand. I, I, even though TSN is the rights holder to the Canadian Football League and could benefit by putting this on one of the TSN channels, they didn't. Even but TSN Plus. Sure. Why not? They, they've been broadcasting the XFL on TSN Plus. Why Why wouldn't you broadcast something that you're a partner in, i.e. the Canadian Football League? And yes, there are a lot of people who are like, well, nobody watches the Combine. Like, okay, you're right. In the sense that not very many people watch the Combine. But for the people that do watch it, put it on. What? Why would you go to all the trouble of moving it out to Edmonton and expanding it by five days and then not show it on TV or on on, on the internet or on YouTube or however you were going to potentially broadcast it? How do you not do that? Like To me, that makes absolutely no sense. And 
we, we finally got a report in regarding why it wasn't happening. And there is, to me, it, it just smacks of excuses. It just excuses as to why you couldn't do this. Like to me, even though like, I wouldn't say there's a standard necessarily for the combine broadcast. It really was for the longest time, just whoever was working for CFL.ca. I, I think it was Marshall Ferguson and Brody Lawson back in the day that they're the ones that were hosting, if you will, the CFL combine live stream. And they did a fine job. They, 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 Definitely presented the product as best as they possibly could. It, it, you couldn't compare it to NFL Network's broadcast of the Combine. I mean, that's, again, night and day as far as that production level goes. But the fact that they still had the CFL Combine on, to me, showed that, okay, there is definitely interest. There is a reason to try and get excited about the draft because these are the guys that are going to be, no doubt, a part of this draft. And they're making their case as to why – all nine CFL teams should be paying attention to these guys for, for the league to not showcase this is just so unfortunate. I mean, I, I think about the, the, the players that the Alouettes have drafted in the past and a lot of the names that we know now, Tim, I mean, I remember seeing a lot of these guys during the combine live stream. Mm-hmm. You talk about like K on Julian Grant, uh, Tyson Philpot. Uh, I'll, I'll even go back further. Uh, guys like uh, Malcolm Carter, Jean-Gabriel Poulet. I mean, these were guys that really showed out during the CFL Combine live stream. Like, these were guys like, oh, okay, I, I, I would not be mad to see these guys in Alouette's uniform. And lo and behold, we did see those guys. And a, a lot of it came, like, just finding out, okay, this is so-and-so. He played at this university. You start looking at their tape. You start looking at their highlights. And like, holy crap, this is somebody that I definitely think would be a good fit for the Alouettes. Yeah. And you look at other players, and the, the, that's how I would do my draft preparation. Start by watching the combine, watching what everybody does. Start seeing players I think would be a good fit in the organization. Start getting more intel and more info on them. I'm still not at that place where I think I can properly do a mock draft, especially to do it for all the teams based on their needs. But at least when it comes to figuring out what the Alouettes should be looking at, that's where I feel you know the expertise and uh, you know with all the information I was given – okay, I can start making some informed decisions as to who I think the Alouettes should be drafting. And as a result, let the team know who I, I think they should be drafting. And you'd be amazed, Tim, like more often than not, like same page. Like that that's the thing that blew my mind. It's like, okay, a, a lot of the, the, the names that I'd seen that I think would have been a good fit, clearly the Alouettes felt the same way and they drafted accordingly. Like a lot of the stars that you see on this team, all the, the Canadian stars, as far as I'm concerned, they all came from the draft. And a lot of them, got to show up and show out at the Combine. And the fact that fans wouldn't be able to watch it this year makes absolutely no sense. Like, why? again, why would you go through all the trouble? If you were, if you were going to broadcast it, fine, I suppose. But then why go to all the effort to go all the way out to Edmonton and set up for five days' worth to not show anything? To me, that makes absolutely no sense. Like, literally no sense. Like, this is just another missed opportunity, another chance to help at trying to educate fans as far as you know, getting them excited about the future, and you don't do it, and it, it, it just comes back to well, nobody watches the combine, nobody cares about this. Well, and again, I, I'm going to quote uh, our buddy Alex from Piffle's podcast: "Make me care." Like that should be the point: is make me care about the combine, make me care about the draft, make me care about so and so from whatever university. Why should I care about? Should why should my team be going after this guy, or why shouldn't they be going after this guy? than who they should be going after. Like th- this is what the combine does. This is what the draft does essentially is help build the future and help, you know, two, three years down the line. Maybe that's when you're going to start paying attention to that hotshot who had a, a great combine 
got drafted by your team, and now he's a superstar. Again, Tyson Philpott would be a great example. I mean, he had a, a so-so combine, but he definitely did enough to get noticed, got drafted in the first round, and now look where he is. I mean, uh, undoubtedly a superstar in the making and just getting started, too. I mean, no, not everybody that's drafted is going to make the team and be as successful as what Philpott was, but it's got to start somewhere. And again, if, if, if you don't have people caring about this, you got to make them care. Make make this an event because it is an event. How many players were probably telling their like their 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 coaches, their girlfriends, their family members, "Hey, you know, make sure you check me out because I'm I'm going to go out to this combine and I'm going to show up and I'm going to do all sorts of great stuff, or at least I'm going to try to do all this great stuff." And they couldn't see them because because the league just couldn't be bothered to showcase this in any way. To me, I, I just I have such a hard time understanding it. And you you talk about the things that make the CFL like amateur or Bush League, quote unquote, stuff like, like when stuff like this happens, it's really hard not to, you know, like you hear the detractors say these things about the CFL and you're like, yeah, well, I, I can't defend this. I really can't. Like, <laughs> like that's that's the unfortunate part, Tim, to, to me, that it, like and something that's so simple, you know, like, oh, oh I don't like the combine. Oh, I, I don't think the combine is interesting. I don't think. Well, guess what? I don't think curling's interesting. But you know what? People do watch curling. People you, you broadcast it. And you know what? If you don't like it, you don't watch it. You don't like the combine, then don't watch it. You don't like the draft, don't pay attention to the draft. Who cares? Just support whoever you want. That's fine. But for the people that are interested in the future of this league, for the people that are interested in what future Canadians are going to become superstars in the next two, three, four, five years, whatever the case may be, it starts at the combine. It starts at the draft. That's what makes Canadian football so interesting to me, is that people want to see what the future holds. They want to see who the next Ben Cahoon is, the next Alex Singleton, the next Chris Osikusi, uh, the next Tyson Philpott, whoever mm-hmm. the next great superstar that happens to be Canadian is. We want to know who that's going to be. And how do you find out? You pay attention to the combine. You pay attention to the draft. You pay attention to who your team selects because they obviously see something in that kid. And given it, if they're given in the right environment, they will become that superstar. But it's got to start somewhere. And... You may not care about the, the draft or the combine, but for those that do, that the, those that are interested, give them what they want. Even if you think it's going to be a scaled down or a bare bones production, I mean, let's face it, the the CFL live streams of the past were not going to win any Gemini awards or anything like that. So if you're worried about production values and shit like that, don't. Just just broadcast it. Just let us see what these young kids can do, and let's just try and get a little bit excited about your league. You think that's too much to ask, Randy? Really? That's so all. so much for genius, <laughs> literally and figuratively. I just don't get. And what kills me too is that there was a company that was willing to do a live stream and even invite former combine attendees to come and offer up their their thoughts and analysis and what have you. But the CFL shut it down because reasons. I mean, it, it, it's just baloney, quite frankly. And don't give me this nonsense. That there's not enough space to broadcast everything. I mean, every team has cameras set up. Every team has people there videoing all this stuff. Don't tell me, just don't, don't, just, just don't, okay? God, I, I, I know, dude. I know, I know, I know. I, I just don't like having my intelligence insulted, you know? Especially when you're trying so hard to help promote this league, to help promote these teams, and and, and the, you can't even do that right. Like, what the hell? I mean, I, I just, I don't understand it, Tim. I just don't understand how the league is so eager to shoot themselves in the foot and come across as this mom and pop shop when quite frankly 
uh, you're you're going up against like the NFL, the XFL, USFL. You want to be mentioned amongst those names and be considered relevant. And you should be, but at the same time, you present yourself like this state fair football, then that's what people are going to look at you as. And it's amazing to me that the CFL is willing to let stuff like this happen for any number of reasons. Like to me, like if, if that was your concern was the costs and everything like that, then why go out to Edmonton? Why not just stay in Toronto then and just do things locally? Mm-hmm. Like if, if that's the concern, like just in order to be able to showcase this as best as possible, put your best foot forward. Why wouldn't you do it like that? Like, I don't know. To, to me, nothing. It just doesn't sit right with me. I, I really hope that this time next year that they actually realize, oh, we we screwed up. We should have we should have been putting this on on TV. We should have been putting this on YouTube or whatever. I guess. And hopefully, the, hopefully they they just they get their act together and they realize how important this is and just put a live stream up. And you know what? If only twenty people listen to it, so what? Make those twenty people happy because you know what? They're going to go tell a friend and they're going to tell a friend and so on and so forth. You know, it, it, it's stuff like that. And again, if you're trying to promote the best that this country has to offer in football. That's one of the ways to do it. And guess what? It's not that expensive. And the return on investment, I promise you folks, is well worth it. Maybe, maybe they waited a week and they're starting everything anew, considering that they just uh, they just released the the new Grey Cup logo, which is finally f- currently free of that cookie cutter that has been for the past couple of seasons. Who who knows? Well, here's hoping. Maybe, maybe with Billionaire Pierre putting out his uh, Videotron logo everywhere. Maybe, maybe he, maybe it's he can genius. offer. It's still genius. <laughs> maybe, maybe Videotron should be broadcasting the combine. Ooh, or what? Yeah, good TV. Oh, because oh, that would be interesting. That would be interesting. I Take- mean, if the if the league can't be bothered, and if TSN can't be bothered to help promote this product, then why not let's? If if you're not willing to do that in house, or let your lead broadcaster do it, why not let somebody else do it? Exactly. What what what's what's the problem? What's the harm? I mean, yep. if you're if you're not concerned about competition or someone doing a better job than you, I, I say, well, why why not open it up then? Yeah, yep, I agree. Um, w- with the way that is coming, you know, with the way the schedule is, we are expecting to do at least a show in April. That's a guarantee. Um, we hope to do more, but obviously that will depend on, uh, I guess uh, if we can get some, some interviews, uh, we got some interesting stuff that we want to do for you guys. So stay tuned to, uh, to all of our socials for, uh, for the upcoming announcements on anything that we're going to be doing. Um, but again, still reach out to us, reach out to myself, reach out to Cliff personally, uh, reach out, uh, to, you know, on Facebook, our Facebook page, all of our socials. Just uh, just chime in, let you guys know what you think about uh, about Alouette's football, what, what your thoughts are. We just want to know what you guys are thinking about. So, um, I mean, when you think about it, like the season's just around the corner. I again, mean, it, 45 days to – less than 45-ish days to camp. I mean, and that's the funny thing too. Like when you think about the combine, like in the past to me anyways, it's always been like, okay, like this is the start of actual football action. Like you're, even though it's undrafted kids – showing off their stuff like at least now you're starting to get that mindset like oh okay football is on the horizon like the canadian football is on the horizon and i'm sure a lot of people are watching xfl and will be watching usfl until you know to kill time until the cfl comes back but you know what to me the combine has always been sort of the the launching point if you will because the combine leads to the draft the draft leads to training camp and so on like that's to me that's the national national natural progression of things is to it starts at the combine and maybe that's why I'm 
disappointed more than anything else is that I don't feel like I got that start. Like, I mean, I'm still going to do my due diligence. I'm still going to check out, you know, the, the numbers and everything like that. And I can pour over those stats and, you know, get what I can from like whatever snippets I, you know, whatever video was, was put out there as far as any potential highlights or whatnot goes. But I mean, it, it just makes, it makes it a, a little bit tougher, but doesn't mean I'm still not going to go and try and find out as much as I can. And I got to give a quick shout out to as well to our, our friends over at the turf district. They were in Edmonton, obviously to cover this event. And Andrew did a, a great job putting up some videos of interviews and uh, just posting photos and highlights and what have you. Like he, like the turf district did a great job as far as like doing the job that we would have loved to have been able to do if we could have gotten ourselves out there. But right there, well, let me get- there's episodes, Spepisodes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I mean, like I said, gotta give a shout out to them. They did a great job doing, you know, we said like, hey, if we can't watch this thing, we expect you guys to step up and mm-hmm. sure enough, they did. So shout out to Andrew, Mike, Kayla, you guys, as usual, you're you're killing it. Killed it. Killed it. We, we, we appreciate you guys, every one of you. Uh, keep listening. Uh, again, keep uh, keep up to date on everything that we're going to be bringing, uh, bringing in the near future of on our socials. Um, but uh, we will talk to you guys next episode. Uh, so everybody here for at the Otherwoods Flight Deck for Cliffy D. I'm Tim Capper. Ron, final approach. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.